So one of my jobs with Strong Catholic Dad is to actually import the guides that you create into the website. And when I do that, I go through and I watch all the videos and I read all the questions. Sometimes I'm adjusting wording, stuff like that. And recently I got to import um, a video from the pursuit of happiness. And it's this really powerful scene where Will Smith is there with his son in the movie, who's also his son in real life. And they're on the top of an apartment building playing basketball. And Jaden is is shooting hoops and he's having a ton of fun. And his dad says, you know what, man, just so you know, like the way genetics works, I was never really good at basketball and you're probably, you know, you'll be okay, but you're never going to be that good. And Jaden has this look on his face, like his world's just been crushed and he like dribbles the ball and then he just throws it and he walks away. And, the funny thing is, in the context of the movie, like this is a low point for Will Smith as a character. He's feel he feels like his entire world is crumbling down. Like he can't do any of the things he's trying to do. He's a failure over and over. And he sees that see- same feeling of defeat in his son. Mm-hmm. And he walks over to his son and says, you know what? Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. If you have a dream, you have to protect it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it, not even me. And that scene is just, it blows me away. It makes me tear up every time. And it kind of introduces this really interesting concept, which is how as a parent do you handle when your kids have unrealistic dreams? Right. So. So, so why, why, one, like, why, why is that in the guy in the, what did you see? Like, that's what I see when I watch that video. What did you see when you, when you picked that video out? Yeah. So I, I, what I thought was cool about that, cause the guide was entitled dad's teach. And when it comes to teaching, there's all different kinds of lessons that we're teaching lessons that we, that we think we're teaching. And then actual lessons that could be deeper that we didn't realize we were, we were teaching for the good and for the bad. So, um, and in that particular one, uh, I loved uh, the first layer lesson, which was really clear uh, when it comes to when it comes to dreams, you know, and talking to our kids and, and getting them um, because dreams are important. And in that movie, like you you laid it out beautifully, is that he was really uh, he was fighting for his dream, and and then he had just crushed his son's dream. And so, um, so what for me as I watched that, and I I teared up as well because it was like, gosh, that's you know, it's so powerful, and how often. Not only it's easy to do that, especially as a parent, not realize that I did that. I put it in the guide uh, so that as dads, we can reflect and, and see like like that's what can go on if I'm not careful. Uh, if if I'm if I'm, it's almost like a, a bull in a china shop, and then I begin to lose uh, I lose a sense of of what my impact is on my kids. So first reason I, I put it in was because it was a good example of of dad uh, teaching. Uh, on this whole level of the impact that you have on your kids. Uh, also, uh, it's fun to dream. <laughs> and so I wanted to bring that up to, to talk with the kids about, about dreaming and teaching them how to dream big and, and uh, what, what dreams are worth pursuing and which dreams aren't worth pursuing. Uh, and then lastly, there's this, this secondary part of that, which is really powerful, uh, was when he recused himself, when he said, you know what, like I... I need to back off here. Like, don't, don't let me steal your dream either. Uh, what's powerful with that is, um, is that, that it, 
he's teaching his son about humility, you know, to, that it, you, you've got to be able to speak what is true. And so in that case, I, I thought it, it served a, a dual purpose. But the primary reason that I wanted to come back to it is uh, when it comes to uh, dreams uh, as a parent, like we're constantly challenged to figure out as, as we're like, I'm in charge of this soul who is this child is more God's child than mine. And I, I want them to dream, but I want them to to dream well and uh and so and to figure out okay like well what what's worth pursuing um so that that begs the question you know like which dreams do you protect which dreams do you pursue and which dreams don't you um so that's what what got me about that video and and i because it caused me to reflect on like how i've done that as well with my kids um because well, and that's that's the funny thing because for me i've been on the receiving end of different kind of techniques from you. For instance, uh, we I grew up in Indianapolis and I was six years old when Peyton Manning entered the league and I grew up with Peyton. I cried when they lost in the playoffs to the Patriots again and again. I was euphoric when they finally beat them and went to the Super Bowl and that's who I right. wanted to be. I wanted to be Peyton Manning and right. I got from you and mom the hey, you know, you're not the fastest kid. You're not the most coordinated kid. Probably yeah. not going to happen. Um, but then on the other hand, when it came to something that's equally as far-fetched, filmmaking, not only were you supportive of that dream, when I was 17, 18, and deciding between film school, just going to a regular school, not going to school at all, and kind of heading the direction of abandoning the dream of filmmaking and saying, I really have no idea how any of this would happen. I'm from Indiana. I don't know anybody. You were the one who like sat me down on the couch in your office and you called the film studio in New York and said, Hey, do you have any internships available? And that's how I got my first internship. How do you know when to basically tell your kid? And is it ever appropriate to tell your kid, Hey, this dream's not going to work or when to tell them, you know what? You shouldn't give up on this yet. How do you decide when to do what? Right. Right. That's, that's great. Um, the, the, yeah, because the challenge is, and I want to go back to the football analogy, um, I think, not analogy, what you experienced um, with, with football, I think that I had the wrong attitude. Like I wasn't discerning correctly uh, what it meant to, to play football. And I was, um, and I know you were excited about Peyton Manning and uh, you were a great imitator. I mean, like you can imitate things so well, like in, in acting or even in, in playing sports where like when you threw, you look like him <laughs> when he threw the ball, uh, which, which was cool. Um, but uh, what I was doing, I would say incorrectly, and I would, I would tell other, especially young dads, is that I was thinking, well, if you're not going to be Peyton Manning, then you shouldn't head down this road, like look for some way in which you're going to be a superstar. And it's like, well, that, that's that's wrong. It's not really insightful to say, well, uh, maybe like God has given you this passion for a reason. And uh, what I needed to do was let it play out more is like allow you to like play some more and say, hey, where where is this going to go? Because what started to happen over time that I didn't see in the beginning, it's almost like I looked at the little the little seedling and said, well, this isn't going to be a big oak. And then I was riding off the fact that you were still going to be, you know, a big tree. And so as you got older and you started to, um, uh, to play football more, uh, there was this other skill that I didn't anticipate that started to sprout. And again, you didn't, uh, you only played with teams by the time you were in high school. Um, and that was like flag football. Yeah. Uh, just the but, YMCA. Yeah. And, uh, but when you played, you were, uh, you had imitated well, and so you could throw pretty accurately. You were getting stronger. Um, but 
the thing that you had is that you were strategic. And so like you paid attention to what the defense was doing and you, yeah, and you saw opportunities on the field. And so I started getting really excited as I was watching you. Cause it was like, Holy cow. Like, you know, you're, you're good. And I remember the day, um, almost to my embarrassment when you came home and you said, you know, one of the guys on their plays for the, the local high school. And he said, man, like you, you throw better than our current quarterback. Like you totally could, could come and play and, and, and start, um, and I remember you told me that because I'm because I had not completely kiboshed the dream, but I had put it down. Um, and what I was losing sight of was that there are other reasons to pursue your dreams, and it, you don't have to do the be the best ever um, when you could go and enjoy something and learn, you know, teamwork and and uh, be able to, you know, just have some some experiences of losses and and wins. So um, I, I think I was way too quick to say, well, and I. Probably you weren't wouldn't end up in the NFL. You're what six one, uh, six feet, six foot, exactly <laughs> six foot. on the um, nose. Don't even so, have to lie about it. <laughs> um, so there, there, so I, I think it's really important to look at that and say, well, yeah, even if you're not going to be the best ever, it, it's worth doing. You know, pursuing some of those things. So I think I I blew that. You know, frankly, that then I, I pushed it back too much. When we look at the the other experience with film school. Um, the, I think what comes into play is this whole idea of really discerning of like paying attention to like what is driving you as a person? What are you getting excited about? And you were so excited about film. And so you had gone out of your way, just like you were excited about football, uh, but with film, you had gone out of your way to mow lawns, to make money, to buy a computer, to buy a camera. And you were paying attention to what happened in movies and you would like memorize lines and you just... Like you, there was a creativity that was that was sparking within you, and so when we got to the point where it was, uh, you had, you were graduating from high school, and it was you know time to move on to college. You'd apply to that uh, that college, you know, John Paul the Great out, and it been accepted out in San Diego, um, and it was really interesting because I remember asking you the question at this point as a father, I was trying to discern, okay, what direction do we go with this? And uh, when we talked about that internship. Um, I said, what would you think if, if something like that worked out? And you said, if I got an internship in New York, I wouldn't go to college. I would do that first. And so like you were excited about that option until it became real. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, then it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, what the heck am I doing? Cause there's the path that's kind of, that's comfortable, uh, to do college. And it was hard for me as, and, and for your mom, like, uh, because we had gone to college and we expected, well, you, that's what people do. You go to college. Um, and so we had to like stop and, and, uh, and pray and say like, Lord, is this the direction you want him to go? Um, like, cause we didn't want to get in the way of the plan, but we wanted to continue to guide. And so part of the end discernment, one of the things that you learn is what's the evidence of circumstance. And so, and what's that mean is I was like, what are the, what are the doors that are open and what are the windows that are open and which ones are closed? And so when, uh, I made that call to, um, to the, the, the company out in New York, um, it, it actually was such like, it was amazing. It was this God thing where I said, you know, do you have positions? It would be internships. And, and, um, and the guy who was in charge of it said, I have been praying for years for, for young men to come forward who can come and, and work with this. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm really open to this. And I, I remember thinking, oh, wow. Um, cause I was kind of expecting it to be most likely a no and we move on. And it wasn't, it was like a wide open door, but, and I, I know at that point you were like, oh gosh, you know, should I do this or not? And so it went into, uh, where we were talking that through and it's, you know, back to the original question, what, what were the factors? One of them very practically is the door was open. So that, that was one. Two is 
that had fit your interest for years. You were interested in that. You had made your own films. And, and one of the things that the guy had said um, uh, was that he had looked at some of your videos and said, you know, Michael, your son has talent. Um, and so that was affirming as well, because he, here he's making film, he's got, you know, film company and he says, you have talent. So it was with, with discernment, um, you have to look at what's going on on the outside. Is there outside affirmation that, Hey, this is good. And, and this is a direction to go. So one, the door opened Two, you were really interested three with that door opening there. It wasn't just that it wasn't, it wasn't like you had been accepted somewhere. You, you, they were saying, Hey, you know, I think that he's, he's good. So all those things had to play into it. Um, and I had to be careful because, you know, part of me and also for your mom, um, like she was like, I don't know that I want my son, you know, flying off to New York. Um, and so for us, we had to be, we had to stop and say, is this, um, we have to be uh, basically prudent in saying, is this the right steps? Are the things in line? And if they are, do we make this leap with you? Um, and it was a leap for us because we're sending you off. Um, so I think all those things had, had to uh, come together and they did. They did in that situation. The, the funny thing on my end is that I... I would, the reason I never would have applied for that intern or even tried to find out if there was an internship in the first place was because I looked at my work and saw the deficiencies. I loved film enough to know that everything I was doing didn't look like anything that I liked. <laughs> and so I didn't think, I mean, did I think I had talent? Maybe, maybe not. But did I think that the work I had done proved anything? No. And so you saw something in me that I didn't see. And I think that's one of the blessings of the the grace of the second of marriage and the grace of being a parent is that sometimes mm -hmm. you do see something in your child they don't see. The funny thing is, though, that on the negative side of that, the fact you guys told me that I wasn't athletic, I've had to work through that in that when I started playing lots of pickup sports, I realized, oh, I'm never as good as the people who played in college, but usually I can hold my own with the people who played in high school. Mm -hmm. And coming to that realization, yes, I would rather have known that you know, from the time I was in high school by playing in high school, but coming to that realization actually helped me with my own personal growth. Mm -hmm. And I think that God used the fact that you guys shut that door to help me learn things about myself mm -hmm. down the road. And the funny thing is that another door that in high school, instead of spending time in sports where I actually spent that time was in recording music. And I have almost no talent in music. And I know that to this day. But the funny thing was, it was something that even though you and mom never explicitly said, we don't think this is going anywhere. I just got the like the glances where I was like, I, I kind of know what's going on there. I was passionate about it. So I did it anyway. I just pushed forward with it. And to your original point, what ended up happening was I spent three, four years recording music, learning audio mixing in and out. Mm -hmm. Nine months later, after I finished up the internship, and nine months after high school ended and after I finished my internship in New York, I came back, started my own film company, recorded my first video. And what's the first thing you have to do once you've recorded a video? You have to put music in and you have to mix the, the interviews right. with the music. And I had this education in production, in, in mm -hmm. audio production that came from a passion I had. So I think there really is something to where are your desires? Because the end of the road for me was not music producer. That's my best friend. Mm -hmm. The end of the road for me was, at least right now, was video production. And that came from that. But these are all examples that are kind of like, in a sense, low stakes. Um, what I what sport I played in high school isn't 
hopefully the biggest thing in my life. Um, <laughs> what about when it's not something like an 18 year old trying to make a decision and pursuing a dream? What if it's, you know, we're talking second or third year of college and it's decision on a major or it's, you know, does the kid move to some city and try to pursue this far-fetched career? What if it gets really, you know, the stakes get a lot higher? How at that point do you manage, you know, do you manage these dreams that maybe you as a parent don't think are going to work out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that point, um, hopefully there's in place, uh, like we've talked through discernment um, so that uh, people know, like my kids know, okay, well, like what are, what are the steps? Um, and cause there's a, there's a big challenge between, you know, is this, uh, is this obstacle something that's that like, I'm frustrated with it, whatever it is, a major. Um, and like, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. Am I tired of doing this because it's God indicating that I shouldn't continue with this? Or is it because I need to, I need to buck up and, you know, strengthen myself and do, do hard things because those hard things are going to, are going to strengthen me. Um, so I think it's important at that point to be in like the best thing ever is to be in conversation, to be in communion with your child to say like, what's, um, what's going on? Like what, what's happening around it? Because there are a couple things that could be happening. One is it's really not something that you're all that interested in. Um, two, it could be, and this happens a lot. You're just tired. <laughs> like you've been, you've had a, a tough schedule. You're doing a lot of things and tiredness can skew your perspective to where you, you don't want to make a decision out of tiredness. Actually, you know, according to St. Ignatius, the best time to make a decision is when things are going well and you can see clearly, um, because at that point you've kind of weeded out, um, some of the, the false, uh, the false flags that are, that are popping up in their lives. And so it's like, is there still an interest here if you're not tired? So tiredness, we put that aside. Um, and you know, where's the interest level and there's some value to just continuing. And so it's just a matter of just like, is this, is this the time? And I would say that there's not a hard and fast rule beyond knowing that child and say, okay, is this a time that we just bet that you back off and shift? Cause there's a lot that has to do a lot of changes that you're going to have to deal with if you shift your, your major at this point. Um, or is it one where you stay the course? And so I think that, that question, what's nice about the question, the best thing about that question is just to get it on the table. Um, and to say, what are they, to, so that your, your son or daughter is thinking like, yeah, what are the factors that are influencing me? And then they can make a better decision. Cause they could say, you know what? I'm realizing I am tired. I, you know, I'm exhausted and I'm frustrated with this relationship with my buddy over here. And so everything looks negative. Um, and so then if they're thinking, um, th that if they're, they're looking for those factors, that's really important. And I would say the last thing that's just really helpful that I didn't have when I was in high school is this sense that, um, that God has a plan and I thought I had to figure everything out, but there's, there's a, there's a relaxation that happens that like, Lord, you want what's best for me. And you're going to show us what, like, show me what to do. And you're going to work through me. You're going to work through my parents. Um, and that there is a plan and it's just a matter of, of being patient enough to let that, uh, unravel. And so I think it's not just being in conversation because the danger is being in conversation and then trying to solve it right now and be done. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> hold on. A lot of these things, it's like, you can need to be on conversation, put the puzzle pieces on the table, talk about the different pieces and walk away and then come back and say, okay, what pieces are important? Because there's a lot of things that look different, you know, a few days from now 
where the person comes back and says, well, what am I, what am I doing? Absolutely. I want to continue with this major. You know, I had some other reasons for backing off. So, um, I think if understanding that process as a parent so that I'm, cause you know, part of it is like, I just want to get things done. No, no, no. I want to get things done in the time frame that, that God has in mind, which is usually, you know, growth. What happens in growth? It takes nine months to grow a baby for, you know, before it's born. It's so, um, a lot of the impatience of society today was in me. And I think it's in a lot of people instead of just like waiting this out a little bit and saying, what information do we have today? And when we're kind of at a peace with it, like I really feel at peace. I've given this my all and I'm not tired and I'm just, I don't want to be, you know, an, an economy major or economics, you know, or I don't want to do this or that. And, and so if, if you pushed out far enough and I, that actually does bring me to a story when I was in uh, uh, college, I was in ROTC for my first year. And by the time my first semester, which I was overwhelmed, I had way too many credit hours. It was like 21 and a half credit hours. I was overwhelmed and I came home and I said, you know, I want to leave ROTC. And my parents said, well, you know, it's paid for for next semester. Give them another semester, you know, throw your best. And that was great advice because at the end of the second semester, it was really clear. It's like, I, I don't want to continue with this. And even if I can't, con- you know, I was at Notre Dame, even if I can't continue at Notre Dame and I'm going to go back to California and go to California school, I- I'm willing to to do that now. So it took that time for just to develop, to, to realize, okay, this is the direction for us to go. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, it's funny. After I moved back from New York, um, there was a period of, of time where, I just, I bought a camera, wasn't excited about it, wasn't interesting, interested in it. I was doing website design. That was what was paying the bills. And I remember telling you guys, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to do anything with video. Like I just, just this website design thing. It's a lot of fun. It's challenging. And I remember it was actually mom kind of laughed and said, you'll come back around to video. I think you'll come back. And it wasn't this like judgmental thing. It was just this kind of like, she just thought it was funny. He's like, yeah, you'll come back around to it. And I was like, well, I think you're wrong. And sure enough, three months later, a priest gave a homily. I was extremely motivated and I moved heaven and earth to make that video. But what it also kind of reflected the way that she said that was the most important thing about this, which is the relationship. I never felt like you and mom were trying to discourage me from doing anything. I always felt like you were trying to encourage me to become the best version of myself. And that when you said, oh, I don't, you know, Website design, I don't think that's the long-term game for you. It's because you saw something greater. Mm-hmm. It's not because you didn't think I could cut it. It's because you saw something even better. But it also was at no point did I ever get the feeling that you were trying to mold me into your image. Mm. And I think that that's, that's so important because I have friends where they're doing a job because that's what their parents want them to do. Mm. You know? It's so hard. And, yeah. and it's... And so I guess that's something that we haven't experienced, at least that I haven't experienced, and I don't think any of my siblings would say that they've experienced. How have you avoided creating that feeling that when you're giving advice, when you're offering feedback, that you're you know doing it for, how do you avoid the feeling that you're doing it to mold the kid into your own image? How do you let them know that, no, this is because I want what's best for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that just fundamentally is an attitude um, that when I realized that indeed, like you are more God's son than mine, even though I love you and I'm delighted in you and as 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 my son and with each of my kids, and it's exciting to see. Um, it's it's actually pretty thrilling to trust that God has a plan and that and that there will be lots of different um, 
talents and charisms and stuff that'll come out in your life and to see how God is going to work that all out. So I think fundamentally just that attitude that God has a plan and that together we're trying to unveil it and see what that is um, with some delight as opposed to, hey, I know all because we've been wrong. There's some things where we thought, well, you know, I don't know that you're going to be great in sports. Um, And you had a just like a flair with some of the different went from, again, I said that before, from a st- strategic standpoint, that it was like, it was fun to watch you. Um, and it, it, so, and with each of the kids, there's various things that that had to evolve over time. So uh, I would I say that just fundamentally, just to realize that, you know, we're in this together and, and that things don't show themselves immediately. And, and so I, I think that's, that's the answer is like, we have to wait on this and trust and see what, I, I would say the biggest thing in society today is like we need to connect with our heart, our heart and our head together, and that our head is is paying attention to like okay, um, what what is evidence of circumstance? How are people? How is this child doing? But give them time <laughs> to work with it and to make mistakes and get back up again, um, because you know some of the great players were great because they loved it so much they kept doing it and they got better. But they didn't. St- Michael Jordan, what he did, I don't think he made it on his high school team for you know a couple of years, and look where he ended up. So. Um, so trusting that there's a plan and then just having that fundamental um, excitement that, hey, God, God's going to work this out. So we started the beginning of the episode talking about that scene from The Pursuit of Happiness. And that video actually came up because it's in a See for Yourself guide. The See for Yourself approach is a fun and effective way to build fulfilling relationships with your kids while passing on the Catholic faith. The approach is simple. Dad uses viral YouTube videos as icebreakers to capture the attention and imagination of the whole family, and that turns that captivation into lively discussion about life and the faith. We make that approach easy by providing See For Yourself guides. Each guide has one to three hand-selected videos, along with questions, answers, and activities designed to engage the whole family. You recently used that video um, and that guide with the family. How did that go? Yeah, well, of course, that video was engaging and it sparked a lot of conversation. And at the end of the guy, there's this question that's really good. Um, and it, like here, I wrote the question for us to do in the guide. And I realized I had never asked this question to my children, at least uh, not explicitly. And so I so the question is, um, what are what are some of your dreams? Like, what what are you hoping for? What are, what are some of your dreams? And it was fascinating to go through each one. Like uh, my daughter, Vivian, six years old, she was like, where do I start? And she was just pumping out like, you know, well, I've got this dream and this dream and this dream and this dream. And, and the delight for me is that there was a, she had a freedom in, in, in dreaming. And then I asked uh, my, my next daughter what her dreams are. She's like, pass. I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, why is she passing? So I passed and I went to the next one. She said, well, you know, I'm not so sure passed. I was like, Oh boy. Um, and then my older daughter, she did answer. So um, Olivia's 15 and and she was a little bit, um, she didn't want to say it right away, but then she's like, well, I'd kind of, I think I'd be interested in acting. And I knew I could see her. She's, she's singing, she's been singing around the house and she's been imitating things. And so I would look at her and she'd stop right away. And so, uh, so what was interesting with that, and so I finally came back around and actually all three of the older ones were interested in acting and, and, and singing and uh, the the middle two were like, well, we wouldn't want to be a lead lead actress, but we'd want to have some kind of role. And they're memorizing lines. And so, um, the uh, from a parenting standpoint, I thought, wow, 
if you had asked me before I asked that question in, you know, in this time that we're, we're spending together, what my kids' dreams were, like, I wouldn't have come up. I wouldn't have said the same things that they said. I would have gotten Vivian's because she's, she's been saying a lot of that stuff for a while. But I wouldn't have gotten that. I thought, gosh, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm out of touch. I need to know what their dreams are. And the question says, you know, dad, ask what the dreams are. And then circle back later in the week and talk to them about that to see, like, how you can possibly fulfill those. And so that became... Uh, it was that was good because then it started me thinking, okay, like what? And I did. I've asked the kids, well, how do you think we can do that? Maybe there's something, you know, a theater troupe in the area that we can uh, that we can do. But it it sparked the conversation that turns into something like let let's take this further and and see where where it's going to end up. So I, it was a great opportunity to connect in a way that uh, would have been easy to miss just because I was busy with life and not focusing in on them and what God is doing in their hearts and what the long-term ramifications of that are. I don't know. But what I do know is that he wants, he's given them an interest in that for now. And that's good enough for me. Good enough for him. Good enough for me. Well, and the cool thing is that not only does it give you the quote unquote intel of, of what your kids want and build the relationship that, you know, that, that you're asking those questions and opening up that kind of dialogue, um, you're you're also letting them know that it's okay to be asking themselves those questions, you yeah. know, and that it's okay to start sharing those answers. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm just, I'm an outgoing person. Everybody and their mom knew that I wanted to be a director when I was a kid, but not every kid's that way. And so the fact that you were engaging that, I think that's that's really exciting. That's all we have time for today. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please subscribe leave a five-star review and encourage your friends and family to do the same. If you want to support the work of Strong Catholic Dad, you can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month. I quit my job back in 2018 uh, to found Strong Catholic Dad, and as of right now, it's not enough to pay the bills. So anything that you can do is appreciated. Until next time, be strong in faith, strong in hope, and strong in love. God bless.